1: It's a Friday edition of PFTOT, the show into which we cram all of the stuff that we can't get to during PFT Live. And we spent a lot of time on Friday morning talking about that classic Ram Seahawks game from Thursday night, and rightfully so. But other things that you need to know about. And I want to start in Minnesota. It's been a strange and awkward week for the Vikings. They lost to the Bears. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. And then after the game, Adam Thielen had some comments that were perceived accurately to be... A criticism of Kirk Cousins, then Cousins apologizes to Thielen publicly, and then Stephon Diggs doesn't show up for work, and then he shows up for work, and it gets worse. Through it all, I keep coming back to a very fundamental question about the Vikings organization. Who's in charge there? Who really is in charge? When you think about the best teams in the NFL, you know who's in charge instantly. Patriots, it's Bill Belichick. Steelers, it's Mike Tomlin. Cowboys, it's Jerry Jones. There's that one personality that stands out above the others. Not that they run it by themselves, and not that they don't have other voices to contend with, but there's one person who is there when something needs to be handled that is the person who you believe is going to be the one who handles it. So the Vikings have a problem now. They have a problem with their passing game. They have a problem with their quarterback. They have a problem with both of their starting receivers, one more so than the other, with Diggs clearly wanting out. So who's the person who fixes this? Who's the person who makes the tough decisions about what to do with Stefan Diggs? Do you fine him for a no-call, no-show on Wednesday, which is what it apparently was? Do you try to trade him? You know, the thing is, someone should have anticipated this problem before it became a problem. Then they could have traded Diggs with greater leverage, with greater bargaining power, because people just would have thought— Ah, you know, they have transformed their offense. They really don't need to have two high-priced receivers, so they're trading one of them. No big deal. Now that he wants out, whatever you get now is going to be less than what you would have gotten then. And the bottom line is, as the Vikings try to navigate these issues, they need one person who is making these decisions, who is setting the team's agenda. Who is it? I don't know. Is it Mike Zimmer? Is it Rick Spielman? Is it ownership? See, the problem is ownership, and look, The Wolves have done a phenomenal job of giving the resources to the team that they need to get the best players. They've got the best stadium. They've got the best practice facility, but they're not there. They don't live there. Who's the person who is there? Who's the person who's running the show? Whoever that person is, number one, multiple problems have emerged on your watch, and number two, it's time to fix them, and it's time to make decisions, important decisions about the team. And just putting your head down and getting back to work is not going to be the way to solve this problem. All right, one problem solved for the San Francisco 49ers, and this is the benefit of having an early bye week. As they get ready to play the Browns on Monday night, rookie defensive end Nick Bosa is not on the injury report for the first time all year. And that's very good news for the 49ers as they try to get to 4-0 and and keep pace with the 4-1 and Seahawks and stay ahead of the 3-2 and Rams. And, oh, by the way, it's short week for the 49ers on the back end and a trip to L.A. to take on the Rams. And there's going to be some great games over the balance of the season between the 49ers, Rams, and Seahawks. And the healthier that Nick Bosa is – the more likely the 49ers are going to be in contention as late as possible into the season and possibly end up getting a playoff berth. And it could be. We're looking at three teams coming out of the NFC West into the NFC playoff picture with the division champion and two wild cards all from the same division. In the NFC uh, or in the AFC North, let me, t- let, me, let me try that again. Let me lay out for a second and try that again so we have a nice little clean VOD. If you haven't noticed, if you listen to PF. T-O-T, we take these little nuggets and we put them in the website. So, in the AFC North, there are playoff contenders galore, except for the Cincinnati Bengals. And one of the teams that is trying to pull itself back into the mix in the AFC North is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who went from 0-3 to 1-3, one game behind the Ravens and the Browns, who are both 2-2. Quarterback Mason Rudolph, who had a very good game on Monday night, he said this week that he's going to try to get the ball more to Juju Smith-Schuster, Steelers MVP in 2018, number one receiver following the trade of Antonio Brown. And I get that. I understand that. You want to get the ball to your best players, but you also want your quarterback to have the freedom to throw the ball to the open man. So you can design a play where Juju Smith-Schuster is the primary receiver. But if he's covered, do you want to force it to him? Or do you want to go to your second read? I think it's always better... For the quarterback to have the freedom to go to his next read and to not feel the extra pressure to get the ball to one player. And I remember after Calvin Johnson retired, I sensed a, a certain looseness in Matthew Stafford that hadn't been there before because now he can just throw to the open guy. It doesn't matter who it is. You don't have to feed Calvin Johnson over and over and over again. And that that's the danger here. And and especially talking about it publicly because now the, def, the defenders that you'll be facing starting this week with the Ravens, are going to be on the lookout for balls coming to Juju Smith-Schuster because Rudolph has said that's what he's going to do. So ultimately, the best play for Rudolph, the best play for the Steelers, throw the ball to whoever is open. And if it's Juju Smith-Schuster, so be it. Elsewhere in the AFC North, there was a moment in Monday night's game that didn't get a whole lot of scrutiny or criticism, in large part because the Steelers ultimately won the game easily. But in the first half, it was still 3 nothing Bengals, the Steelers were driving. They were facing a third and 10 from the 21. And there was a clear instance of an ineligible receiver downfield who blocked downfield before the ball was thrown to James Conner, who wasn't that far away from the ineligible receiver blocking a Bengals linebacker. And the officials missed both penalties because it was not just illegal man downfield it was also offensive pass interference and the reviewable aspect of that play opi that wasn't noticed either and it was as plain as day if you go back and watch the play we have a link to it at the story at profootballtalk.com plain as day blown call and blown replay review and zach taylor the rookie head coach of the bengals admitted this week that the league office has told him they screwed it up and this is strange to me because i thought that kind of stuff was frowned upon And I've noticed this year there's been a little more looseness, a little more courage, a little more recklessness maybe when it comes to talking about these things because the league in the past has frowned upon that significantly. Well, Zach Taylor either didn't get the memo or he's new here and he'll figure it out in the future. For now, though, the NFL, according to Zach Taylor, acknowledging that they blew it on that play. And the reaction by many has been, ah, the Steelers won easily anyway. You take away that touchdown, you put them 10 yards back, and you make them face third and 20. At best, they get a field goal. It's three to three. And maybe, maybe things play out differently after that. Because there was a moment right about the time the Steelers got that touchdown where you felt like they're snapping out of their early season funk. And maybe if that touchdown comes back, they, they don't snap out of that funk, and the Bengals maybe avoid sliding into the funk that contributed to that awful defeat that they suffered in Pittsburgh. All right, last one. And speaking of the Steelers, who once employed Antonio Brown, at the beginning of this year, they had him. Up until the middle of March, they had him, and then he was traded to the Raiders, and then he ended up with the Patriots, and now he's awaiting the outcome of the NFL's investigation regarding his potential personal conduct policy violation. There was development in one of his umpteen pending pieces of litigation that I think is very important to what's coming for him as it relates to the NFL. There was a report yesterday that a lawsuit filed against him by a former Miami landlord for damages done to the apartment, and this is related to the throwing the furniture off the balcony incident. Inside the apartment, damage was done. They've sued him for that. He showed up for deposition testimony last month, which is a pretrial process where you get an opportunity to question under oath the parties to a lawsuit to find out what they know, to test out some theories, to see how they are as witnesses, and you just basically have a booklet that comes out of it that you can use when it's time to go to trial. You already have testimony. You already have answers to the questions, and they better stick with those answers later. That's the purpose of the deposition. Well, Antonio Brown, according to the landlord, was belligerent, was hostile, was not cooperative, and they want him to be sanctioned by the court, and they wanted to have to give another deposition. Now, that will all play out in court, and the deposition is what it is. The transcript says what it says. The video doesn't lie. And I'm not surprised to learn that Antonio Brown was potentially hostile and belligerent when he was forced to answer a bunch of tough questions. How this is relevant to Antonio Brown and the NFL investigation is very simple. At some point, he's going to be asked tough questions by the NFL. At some point, they're going to sit him down, and he's going to have that smile, but behind that smile is going to be that fire that we know is there, and at some point, somebody's going to say something to him that he doesn't like, and he's going to be uncooperative. And the problem is, if you're a bad witness, even if you're telling the truth, if you are a bad communicator of that truth, if you come across as a bad person, if you come across as an angry person, they're going to be less likely to believe you. And there are plenty of great liars under oath. And there are plenty of horrible truth tellers. And Antonio Brown may be completely blameless, but if he's a bad witness when it's time for the NFL to interview him, it increases the chances that they're going to believe his accuser. And if they ultimately conclude that Antonio Brown committed rape, even though he was never arrested and charged criminally, if they believe he did it, I think he's banned for life. I don't think you can say as the NFL, we think Antonio Brown committed rape, but you know, we're uh, we're just going to suspend him six games. So the stakes are going to be very high for Antonio Brown when it's time for him to be questioned by the NFL. Based on how he allegedly performed in this lawsuit involving his apartment, it's not going to go well for Antonio Brown when it's time to talk to the league. That's it for PFT OT. We'll be back Monday with more shows, with more content, with more everything, and all weekend long. Check us out at ProFootballTalk.com. By the way, PFT PM coming later today. Questions only edition of PFT PM. Check that out
0: Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles.